0: Welcome to OPA Podcast episode 44. Today we have three of your four hosts of OPA Podcast. It's me, Jason O., along with...
1: Griffin. And I'm Wyatt.
0: And today it's so bittersweet. It is the last regular season preview uh, for this college football season of 2021. Um, I'd say we have a very action-packed episode for you this week. So, to first start off, um, it is Thanksgiving week. Thanksgiving is taking place, uh, if you're listening tonight or in the morning of Thanksgiving, today is the 24th, tomorrow or the day of is the 25th of Thanksgiving. Um, In terms of plans, I will be with family um, and with my girlfriend uh, to eat some very good food. Um, And I don't plan to partake in any Black Friday shopping. I'm doing most of my stuff online this year anyway, so... Um looking forward to that, and of course uh, my hope is we whoop the Badger's ass, take home the axe, and uh, potentially get to a Big Ten championship? championship. I can't talk.
2: We're uh, going through it.
0: Yep. Yeah. Uh, it's one you,
2: of my ridiculous hypothetical type <laughs>
1: situations.
0: <laughs> Alright, what are y'all doing for uh, Thanksgiving here?
1: Um, I'm just going to be Chilling in South Dakota here tomorrow, um, but I have family coming this weekend. So not to worry, even though it won't be spent necessarily on Thanksgiving Day, I'll still have family in town this weekend. Got to do a little work, grind, but there'll be plenty of good family time uh, this weekend and maybe even in the early next week.
2: I will actually be joining you in Blaine for Thanksgiving Day.
0: Hey. What if not?
2: I'll be with my wife's family for Thanksgiving Day. And then Saturday is my dad's birthday, so we'll be celebrating Thanksgiving there while watching the Gophers move up on the
0: Badgers. Oh, hell yeah. Awesome, awesome. And as our listeners are probably aware, listening or watching, uh, Laurence isn't here with us, uh, probably busy. And also, he, I believe he probably is traveling back to see family. Uh, he is in Kansas City area. Um, and then... Uh, Soup or Eli and Keegan, our usual guest hosts, aren't here tonight as well. So that's the three of us. Um, this is a quick go for sports recap, guys. Um, your 2021 men's basketball team is currently 4-0, and um, winning their uh, previous Ooh. game uh, against Purdue-Fort Wayne, 78-49. to And uh, they're playing against Jacksonville uh, tonight at 8 p.m. Actually, it probably should have started by now. Um so go men's a basketball and you know kudos to Ben Johnson's first season at the Helm.
2: You said Purdue and I was shocked and then you said Fort Wayne and I realized why I shouldn't be shocked.
0: <laughs> yep.
2: Purdue has been a stunningly good basketball team this year. They're they are
0: they have they uh, have they're really good. Um I think they're like the team to beat for the Big 10 championship for yeah. both regular they're season and the tournament.
2: They might be one of the best teams in the country.
0: Yeah. Uh next up, uh unfortunately women's basketball I don't know what to say about them. Uh they're currently four and three. Um you know, essentially winning four their four games out of the seven, losing uh three, losing losing two of two or three in the past uh couple uh, uh last week or so I would say, uh against Yukon. Oh, no, my bad, yeah, UConn and Oklahoma. Um, I was gonna
2: say UConn is you know, yeah, it's almost a quality loss.
0: Yep, it is. But um, women's basketball uh, right now, record-wise, ain't doing too hot. But again, I think they're I think they're on the right track doing what Lindsey Whalen wants to do, and also killing it at recruiting, which is awesome, especially keeping those Minnesota prospects. Then next up, uh, men's hockey. Is currently eight and six overall, um, but I believe we're still ranked in the top ten in both the USCHO <laughs> and pairwise wise rankings. Uh, same with women's hockey. Uh, I don't know what rankings they are, but they're currently eleven and three overall, uh, with a seven three uh, record in conference play. So, um, men's and women's hockey is still doing their thing. Uh, men's hockey's record is not doesn't doesn't seem as nice, but if you look at some of their more recent games. For example, um, their last series was against Penn State. They lost three to five, but then they won four and two. Before that, Ohio State they lost three and four, which was a close game. Won the next one two and zero. Wisconsin lost in overtime three and four, and then won four and one. So uh, we've been splitting a lot of series, but we do have very great players. Finally, we're uh, currently and it's a lot of them are stepping up with the loss of, of course, Sam- Sampo Ranta, who left early last season and a loss of a few seniors as well. So I think uh, we're finally getting our footing with some of our newer players and lineups in the Gopher Hockey team uh, for the men's side. So, you know, looking forward to what uh, our remaining teams and programs can do for Gopher Sports. Anything else for Gopher Sports, boys?
2: I think you covered it.
0: All right, all right. So I didn't watch the game. Uh, I only saw like you know checking ESPN or, or or scoring apps here and there while I was with some friends and my girlfriend. But the Gophers won last weekend in Bloomington, 35 to 14. Some quick notes and stats: and Morgan had a, an amazing day, 14 of 20, with 196 yards passing, with two touchdowns, 96.5 QBR rating. Uh Kai Thomas led the way in rushing for 26 carries for 105 yards. Behind him, uh, Bucko Irvin was 14 for 70. Uh then Cole Kramer for five for fourteen. In terms of receptions or uh, receiving core, uh Brevenspan for our tight end that we've been hyping up for these many years. Uh also had a decent day with three receptions for 67 yards. Crab got three for 44. Dalen was one for 34. Daniel Jackson two for 27. Kai and Mike Brown-Stevens getting in there for about for two receptions each for 14 and 10 yards, respectively. Um, no fumbles, no turnovers this game. Defense had an amazing day. Jack Gibbons led the way in tackles. Uh, in interceptions, Tyler Newbin and Philip Howard got uh, INTs that day. Um, and then Matt Trickett uh, did not have any field goals but was 5 for 5 on extra points. And Mark Crawford had four punts with a long of 44 yards. And that's it, at least for our team.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was a little scared, not going to lie. Um, one of those, probably, I watched probably about half the game, and half of the game that I saw was the first quarter, and I thought to myself, what in the world is going on? Um, because Donovan McCulley um, was running all over our defense on that opening drive. Uh, he... Was just getting the ball snapped to him, and he's just making a instant decision to run the ball, um, or he's even Freifogel, that I know Wyatt was covering last week. Uh, he he had some pretty shifty moves and shows why. Let him And so I just I think after that first drive, especially after that first quarter, uh, having the defense settle down and go back to being a top fifteen rush defense in the country. Uh, they showed why that why the Gophers are ranked where they are in rushing defense, but I'm glad they kind of found their groove too, especially in the run game as well.
0: Wyatt, anything?
2: Um, you know, I'm not highly concerned with uh, with the result of that game. Thirty-five, fourteen is not you know, where I would have liked to be, but it's something that I'm more and more comfortable with as time passes. Yeah. It's just how the coaches play football.
1: They don't really go out there to stomp all over an opponent. And to be fair, that last touchdown by Indiana was in the final 30 yeah. seconds. So, I mean, if we Absolutely. really look at it in depth. It's a 35-7 game that ends 35-14 right. because, you know,
0: yeah, and especially in that case, we had, I think, second or third stringers in that defense, probably, right? But um, I will note this I did see some of the highlights and review a lot of the stats. Um, I will say this was a cleaner day for Tanner. Uh, I think PJ said it best in his press conference post game and then his Wisconsin preview on Monday. Um, I think in this case, if Tanner keeps clean. Um, you know he's not getting hit or getting flustered like you know i i know we talk about and for any other quarterback uh, and the offensive line keeps him upright uh tanner can have a field day um and i will say this too uh i saw a lot of less at uh, least less drop passes um than what we're used to uh again i uh, well not highlights i rewatched the youtube tv recap or the Full game recorded on my DVR, so um, I'd say it was a solid day for both the Gophers in the air and on the ground. We were just moving. Uh, I think the, my only gripe was that Griffin said and that first drive that Indiana had—they were really, really great. Like, we like—is this the same Indiana team that's like 0, uh, 0 and like eight currently or o seven in conference play? But of course, after that, defense settled down, and um, we finally been converting on. Red zones, which is which has been a, which was a problem for us against Iowa, which we expected. So I'd say it's a better team um, today, and I think that's a good thing going into Wisconsin this uh, Saturday. Um, anything else to touch on Indiana or about this game? Uh, I have nothing else.
1: I mean, of the fourteen completed passes, I really liked the variety in which um, those passes were thrown. Uh, we had. I think maybe a screen pass or two or just, you know, simply – or the Dalen Wright kind of had a little post route uh, that he was going out of bounds with. You had Crab go up there and just fight for a ball. I I think this offense does a lot better when they're not just relying on uh, number seven and 16 and number nine to run a slant over the middle. Uh, I – Love the variety of the of the passes, and obviously I love using Brevin Spanford as he showed why uh, we need to give him the ball more as he hurdles legit people. Oh, I think we
2: forget that Tanner Morgan has not been a bad quarterback for us. Tanner Morgan has had quite a bit of success in this program, uh, I mean, the numbers just show that he's one of the most successful quarterbacks in program history. And while I question whether he's one of the top quarterbacks in the country, like we thought he might be at the start of the season, i I do think that Tanner Morgan has talent, and you know, it, we just need to let him showcase that to, me.
0: yeah, but
1: we also have to ask him not to do. Too much at the same time Because if he's trapped in the pocket He's not a guy that can maybe he, maybe he can or just doesn't want to But he can't just run out of the pocket And tuck the ball Like He's better off just throwing it Instead of trying to make He's not a Patrick Mahomes And can try to make something out of nothing I was going to say we definitely don't have Lamar
0: Jackson but Yeah Or Russell Wilson
1: When he does what Tanner knows how to do well in the situations that he has to do it he can be a great quarterback
0: Mm -hmm. um but yes uh we're good at moving on i do want to touch on a few things actually so why i mentioned it so uh right now tanner morgan has i think 25 career wins as our starting quarterback for the golden gophers uh, which is now first in program history um or first place in program history and uh and for me i have a very small sample size i i became a more in-depth gopher fan during the mitch leidner era um so all i had was mitch leidner for those few years and of course we had demry croft and connor rhoda during that one year with pj a bit of zach annex and tanner and i will say well, I do have my issues with Tanner and what he does in some games in more recency bias, like, you know, the past year or two, uh, besides in 2019, um, Tanner is better. Like, he, he is marginally better than Mitch Leidner in many, way in, many ways in form for me and uh, better than Connor Roda and Demry Croft, which I think speaks volumes.
2: Listen, there are ways where Mitch Leidner plays this game better than Tanner. True. Mitch yeah. Leiden has more mobility, and that uh, that automatically gives him more room to create, and that's that's always going to be the advantage of having a quarterback that's more mobile. And th- Mitch Leitner probably could have been even more of an asset in PJ's offense than he ever was in the Jerry Kill system.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Th- that said, Tanner also has his benefits. I, and I think a lot of it comes down to just, you know, the, the character and leadership. I think Tanner is someone who we want to throw our support behind. And I, I never really got behind Mitch Light. I've been behind Tanner this whole time.
0: Yep, totally agree.
2: And that's, that's something that, you know, you can't measure the value
0: and I will add, too, he did lose his dad to uh, cancer, unfortunately, uh, only five, six months ago, um, and that's not easy to get over, uh, I will say that, losing a close relative or parent. Um, and, of course, he, I think he also proposed to his now fiancé, um, so I'd say he's a guy. Uh,
2: he's on the list for uh, Man of the Year,
0: NCAA Man of the Year. Oh, so, yeah. I can't
2: remember what the what the official name of the award is.
0: Something that's good, always, but uh, it's, I it's just to see a good guy. Yeah. Behind under center. Awesome. Well, that's my bit about Tanner's uh, key feet. Uh, next player, actually, is Connor Olson. He surpassed Connor Olsen! He surpassed Billy Price from Ohio State. Yep starting now 56 consecutive games at offensive line. Uh, I believe he was a carryover from the Jerry Kill Tracy Clays era um, and just stuck with the team since then and has been in the offensive lineup uh, for many many years and with the Wisconsin game assuming he starts will be I believe his 57th so he'll be making uh, keep, uh, will be in the lead for a new record for the Big Ten as the offensive lineman for years to come. So kudos to him.
2: And he's been playing well the whole time. We can't, I can't oversell how valuable Connor Olsen has been for this program.
0: Yeah. And I think, Griffin, you you might have to correct me on this. I think he is in grad school or med school becoming a doctor or something. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Some, uh, I know his, his dad works, um, in the area as a, as a doctor, uh, well-respected, and he obviously has the smarts for it for I yeah,
2: believe the actual the actual fact is that he passed his exams with flying colors because they were talking about it. I can't remember if it was the Indiana game or the, the uh, Iowa game but there was a player on the other side. There was an offensive lineman on the other side of the ball who had very similar numbers and a very similar background and was also applying to med school.
0: Awesome. But yeah, shout out to Connor Wilson as well. But I do want to, before we move on to Wisconsin, here is our current uh, big board for predictions and stuff. So, right now, uh, I'm leading the way <laughs> at 8-3. and three. Um, And then, since you guys predicted losses preseason, uh, both you, Wyatt and Wyatt, Griffin. that's your fault. <laughs>
2: that's your freaking fault. Griffin, you predicted before I predicted.
0: <laughs> Dropped to 7-4. Yeah, uh, yeah,
1: pushed me over, and I wasn't ready for that. <laughs> I'm a big Indiana stan. I really like Michael Penix Jr., I'm not going to lie about it.
0: Hopefully next year?
2: You know, if he can stay healthy, he might actually have a good season. But I have my doubts about him staying healthy.
0: Yeah. But yes, right now, um, I'm leaning the way. But we do have one more game up ahead. And let's get on to it. For your final Week 13 regular season game, Rivalry Weekend. Your Minnesota Gona Gophers are facing the Wisconsin Badgers, who are currently ranked 14th in the College Football Playoff rankings, uh, with an overall record at eight and three, uh, six and two in conference play. The game will air on Fox at 3 p.m. Central, 4 p.m. Eastern, uh, on 11th, the November 27th uh, at Huntington Bank Stadium. As well, tickets are still available, I believe. Um, ESPN's FPI has uh, Wisconsin's favorite by 62% versus 38% for the Gophers um, and in terms of the betting odds as of today Wednesday the 24th uh, it's favoring Wisconsin plus 7 so Gophers by plus 7 over under being at 39
1: hmm huh.
2: low scoring game expected
1: mm-hmm. I'm, oh I'm buying the over on that I'm throwing 10 on the over <laughs>
0: And some quick stats as well. Um, their quarterback right now, uh, Wisconsin's starting quarterback is still Graham Mertz. Uh, remember when uh, we all thought he was going to be the lord and savior of uh, the quarterback position for Wisconsin?
2: Uh-uh. Uh, don't put that on me. Don't you put that on me.
0: No. That that's was a,
2: all Le'Ron's. That's, LeRon's.
0: that's LeRon's. That
2: is all LeRon's fault. <laughs> And you may quote me on that. LeBron's ain't even here to defend himself, and I want to go after him on the Graham Mertz hype.
0: <laughs> but uh, right now, um, for the season, he is uh, 137 of 231 on passes, 1,650 yards with nine touchdowns and nine interceptions. Um, <laughs> 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 That's fun. But um, he has not – he's been uh, on the lower side of throwing touchdowns and less INTs since, uh, I, since Wisconsin actually remembered that they actually have a decent running back room uh, to alleviate the pressure off him. So they're kind of doing what the Gophers do is relying on the run game, uh, letting Graham do what he needs to do in terms of, like, make first downs and get to the red zone and let their defense eat all day. Um, and I will say this, I am really scared of Wisconsin defense. Uh, in the You know, when they first started off with a couple losses, especially to some ranked teams early on in the season, um, they did not play so hot. Again, Grant Mertz was not playing great, running game was very mute, and defense uh-huh. was lacking. But now that they finally got their bearings, they are really solid um, and, you know, trying to make a run for uh, Big Ten West champions to go to the Big Ten championship. Um, I think I think for me my key if I did have one is that you know don't let this defense stun you like um again it's going to be a rivalry rivalry game uh it's going to be a tough game on either side of the ball um and I expect uh I hope to expect PJ uh, and the staff like Mike Sanford, Matt Simon, Brian Callahan or yeah Brian Callahan um uh coach Linguis Linquist for our running backs coach, right? Um, running backs, Kenny Burns. Kenny Burns, my bad. Ah, I keep missing him and Mo Lindquist, our previous DB coach. Okay, and um, uh, Clay Patterson, our tight ends coach. I want them to unload. Like I kind of liked how what we did during the Iowa game where we forced Iowa's defense to move left to right laterally then forward and back, which was very advantageous on some of those shuffle passes. Like, I, I, That's like uh, one example, but I want to see everything on the books that our team is really good at, and you know, exploit some of the weaknesses because I think we can, you know, match up well <clears throat> with this defense. You know, they're tough and scary tough. Like, good some Duke DBs, good linebackers, um, and a solid D line.
1: Yeah, I think this game comes down to how well our coordinators on offense can scheme and uh, their plays um against Wisconsin's defense cuz we all know Wisconsin's going to be stingy. They seem to be letting up a little bit more this year, but obviously still overall they're a great. They're a great overall defense and we have to take them as seriously as any opponent we face. Um uh, but if our offense can't produce then we're absolutely screwed because our defense will not be able to hold unless our offense can help put up points.
0: Anything, Wyatt?
2: You want a key to the game?
0: or Anything you're aware of or uh, or have something interesting about this game coming up because it's going to be a tough game coming up for the Axe.
2: I want to see the P.J. Fleck Western Michigan experience. I uh, I want to chuck the football. I want to see that football fly through the air, and I want to make Graham Mertz try to do the same damn thing because we know Graham Mertz ain't all that. He's shown us all season long that he's not the quarterback that people thought he was going to be. So we, we got to be willing to put the ball in Tanner's hands and say, if you're going to beat us, beat us through the air.
0: So are you implying we play a game like we did one of the games earlier this season where no. we did not win the time of possession? No. Just chuck it?
2: Throw the ball. Throw the ball and take the ball away from Graham Mertz. Graham Mertz. Giving the ball to Graham Mertz 30 times a game might be worse than giving the ball to Tanner Morgan 30 times a game. The more the more we throw, the the more advantage I see.
0: All right, all right, all
2: right. I don't like how well Wisconsin can run the football, but if you put if you force them to put the ball in the air, then
1: we ha- then we might have a ball game. Yeah, because every every other uh, potential touchdown pass will be intercepted. It'll be one to one
0: by Justin Wally, Tyler Newbin, Justin Howarden. And-
2: Oh, oh, lovely kid. Not He's gonna be a real stud.
0: And Wally's only a true freshman, guys. Yeah, no, I know. But yes, uh anything else? Like um again I'll griff, griff uh you guys uh, Wyatt's uh want want us to chuck it because we know grammars I wanna throw the... Yep. I wanna throw Uh I Get, want us let to
2: take control.
0: <laughs> All right. Uh, I, I mentioned a tough defense, and I think I, I want our offense to unload. Griffin agrees the same thing, but also uh, Wisconsin has a also a tough offense as well. So uh, like anywhere every week, especially like the Iowa game where it was a close game by a one possession uh, game, it's going to be a fight coming up. Uh, right now, like I said, right now the betting odds is a, over under a 39, which is pretty low <laughs> uh, for this upcoming game. Um but there's nothing else. You guys wanna head on to predictions?
1: Let's, let's do, do it. it.
0: All right. Um I will go first. Um so I said in preseason we would win. So let's take the gophers
1: 38 to wow. 21. Whoa! <laughs> Holy point. <laughs> you think we're
2: gonna win by 17?
0: yes
1: I want whatever you're having
2: (laughs) me too (laughs) (laughs) what you got Griff what
1: does Griff got
0: Uh, you said preseason was a win
1: did I really yes you did wow optimism Mm -hmm. well definitely going to take the over so I got a Throw up at least thirty-nine on the board here. Let's do. I'm gonna say this is gonna be a game of field goals and holding the offense. So let's do twenty-six for the Gophers, and we'll do twenty for Wisconsin.
0: All right. What?
2: I know I've got a big fat L on the board for this one from the preseason, and um, I'm not sure. I don't buy into that, but okay. we're gonna play the optimist here, and we're gonna say that we've had a 26-24 ball game in favor of the GOPs.
0: and we'll have if we lose.
2: If we lose it's gonna be it's gonna be brutal. It's gonna be ugly. Uh let's call it twenty four to six if we lose. I
0: well, I will say this then. I, I said a win thirty eight to twenty one, but if we lose, I'm gonna say zero to thirty one. Big boys.
1: Did we ever list off any facts about the longest, uh, most sorry, the most played FBS rivalry in college
0: football history? I have not. Do you have any? I forgot. I think we're. To go up, for that. I think
1: we're omitting some important information.
0: Give us the deets, Griffin.
1: Overall series, Minnesota trails sixty to sixty-two and eight. Minnesota's lost the last two. In in Minnesota, Minnesota leads the series 37-27-2. Minnesota lost the last, obviously, in Madison, 20-17. to 17. But, you know, I'm actually really excited because Tim Brando's doing the play-by-play on television on Fox, and he has a great voice. So that's Tim just... Brando? Tim Brando's on it, my guy. Oh, hell yeah. Um, God, what else? Saturday, 73rd battle for Paul Bunyan's axe.
0: Before that, the slab of bacon, which mysteriously disappeared and found in a closet in Wisconsin that updated scores since it went missing.
1: It's terrible.
0: And is it Barry? Oh, wait. Is it still in Barry Alvarez's office?
2: Wisconsin still has it.
0: I know they have it, but I thought it was Barry Alvarez's retirement. It may not be there, maybe somewhere else. I want that back. It's,
2: it's somewhere, and they've got it, and we want it back.
0: Because technically, we won it. Aaron Square. It. Yeah. Still and salty I think about
1: it was in, it was in twenty-eight. So obviously, we won it in twenty-eighteen, and there are still thirty-four players on our current roster that we're on. That winning team. I think that's enough good juju to tilt the tilt the needle.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, shoot, I'm trying to find this Twitter post. Um. Yes, this is the game for the Axe, a very important rivalry game for us. Uh, but I do want to mention it is Senior Day, as well. It is our last home game for the regular season, so I do want to try to find a list of seniors that is walking uh, at this game. I believe I bookmarked it for my sake. OK, here we go. Kudos to the Daily Gopher. So on Senior Day this Saturday, uh, these are the seniors with no eligibility remaining to be uh, a college football player. Um, wide receiver Clay Geary, tight end Co-Keith, Uh Offensive linemen Connor Olson and Sam Schluter, uh, defensive tackles Niles Pickney, Gadu Treadway, and Val Martin. Uh, linebacker Jack Gibbons, cornerbacks Coney Durr, Philip Howard, and uh, safety. Oh no, that's safety. Uh, another cornerback uh, Justice Harris, and then safety Calvin Swenson. Um, we'll have no eligibility remaining for uh, forever. So. Uh, they'll be graduating, leaving school, and either go to the NFL or go to other uh, careers or pursuits. Um, there are
2: a couple of them. real arguments for the NFL. I Connor know. Olson, essentially.
0: Yeah, for me, is Connor Olson is the big name. I think Coney may have gotten himself.
2: Sure
0: what? He's got a shot. He's got a shot, like probably six, seven rounder, maybe free agency, uh, or or uh, or no, undrafted free agent. Um, Niles Pickney uh, was the tra- transfer from Clemson as you recall and he was already a stud for them with Clemson and coming to join us became uh, st- still being a stud for us so I think Niles Pickney has a shot as well but uh, first of all to these seniors with no eligibility remaining kudos to them you know uh, Connor Olsen, Sam Schluter, uh, Connor's been here for- been forever Sam I know we bitched about him in 2019 or was it 2018 not bad, yeah. 2018, but he's uh has improved majorly and has been a uh stud on the offensive line with Connor, uh, Micah, who was a tra- transfer from Notre Dame. Really was uh was been solid. Jack Gibbons, a one-year starter for us, has been solid at the linebacker position, lining up alongside um, Braylon Oliver or Mariano Sorimarin. Um, again, all awesome guys uh, on that list there. Anything else with this uh list of seniors with no eligibility? I got nothing.
2: I don't know that I can say anything that you have been already said way better than I would say it.
0: Yeah. So, next up, these are seniors that has one more year of eligibility. Alright, Um. so first off, quarterback Tanner Morgan. He should come back. You think so?
2: Yeah. I think he should come back.
0: You don't trust the quarterbacks behind him?
2: <laughs> I think... If I'm Tanner Morgan, I was being talked about as someone with a real chance of going to the NFL a year ago. And now I'm an afterthought. And if I want to go to the NFL and, you know, I'm assuming there's an interest as a, as a football player. I'm coming back to show that I can do it. I'm doing I'm pulling a Sam Bradford here.
0: Alright. Uh behind him, and we this has been confirmed already uh by this person himself. Running back, Mohammed
2: Ibrahim.
0: <laughs> is returning for his last year of eligibility at the tailback position after a tearing uh I think it's Meniscus, in the first game of the season against Ohio State who Ohio State did not have a solution to stopping until he went down with injury. So it's great to have uh, Mo back. A a
2: pretty good solution.
0: Yeah. Uh, and don't forget he'll be joining a room with guys of experience such as Bryce Williams, Trey Potts, Kai Thomas, and Bucko. Um, <clears throat> I'm worried about Trey though. Uh, I think <clears throat> He may, we may lose him just to medical retirement. I think his health. Should you don't be, think
2: he's coming back?
0: I think I, I I think he can come back. It's just that my concern is if he does leave, I sh- we should not be shocked by it. Like if he re- medically medically retires from football, but you know we
2: also know that if he does
0: choose that, we're
2: prepared for it. Yeah. Mo's coming back, but Mo's not going to be working alone. Not if yeah. they're smart. Enough.
0: Yep. And I think
2: Bucko Irving is there. Bryce Williams is there. These are all options to sort of, you know, cut down on Mo's workload, and hopefully mitigate the risk of further injury.
0: So is this essentially for 2022 with Mo back along with potentially Trey and Bryce? We have a pair and a spare and another pair. I'll take it. But yes, Mohammed is returning uh, as one uh, uh, as a senior for his last year eligibility. Behind Mo is Crab. I forgot he had an extra year of eligibility. Um, it, man. Yeah. Uh, then behind uh, Crab, we have several offensive linemen guys. So I gotta list them all first. Blaze Andries, Daniel Faalele. John Michael Schmidt and Axel Rushmeyer. So, yeah, we got four boys on the D line that has eligibility to return. What do y'all think?
2: Thank God we have that much eligibility left on the O line. I would be absolutely scared out of my mind if we didn't have at least three of those guys back.
0: Yeah. But uh and I...
2: that's with who I know can do it all.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep.
1: Uh then what if none of them came back? Why what would you do?
2: <laughs> if none of them came back, I would die on the spot. <laughs>
0: like, okay. You'd
2: have to make sure Laron's was in the room every week cuz I wouldn't be.
0: <laughs> Why? I will say this. If we do lose someone, I'm okay with losing Daniel. Because he is an intriguing NFL prospect. No, uh,
2: no, I don't think he's ready.
0: Not ready? Okay.
2: I think he should come back for one more year. Okay. Because you know it, you, he he is an intriguing NFL. You're correct, but he's only played this game here. This is his first experience with the the United States game, so. If I'm him, I want to put myself on tape for NFL Scots as much as possible. I want to prove that I'm more than just a big body. Because that's what we think of Daniel Falelians. He's just a huge guy.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And if I'm him, I want to show that I'm not just a huge guy, that I have all of the fundamentals and footwork. I want to show that I can do it all.
1: I agree. I think he when we got him, he was a little over 400. Um, Trainers and staff trimmed him down to about, I think he's sitting at about a good 380 right now. But I still think there's a little bit more room to even maybe 10, 20 pounds even get a little lighter, be a little quicker with the feet. If there's one thing he's not super quick with, it's his feet. But to his advantage, can they really get around him anyway? Not necessarily. Unless they beat him really, really good and get a good jump off the line. So, it's
2: I, a really interesting ta-
1: prospect as like a right tackle.
0: Right. Yep.
2: And, you know, t- 10 pounds might actually make him even more intriguing as a right
0: tackle.
2: Right. Yep. So, I agree. Everyone into the conversation as a left tackle at a certain point.
0: But yes, uh, at least four guys are eligibility on the old line. Hopefully they all come back. Um, or or YS case, please bring, bring back at least three so he doesn't lose the sanity. Yep. Uh then I see all coming back because he didn't start. But yeah. Um, next up we do have a few guys on the defense here. So let's start off with defensive ends. Boye Mafe, Assisi Otomo, and Thomas Rush.
1: Good,
2: maybe good. <laughs> an interesting case to potentially go to the NFL. Yeah, I don't know that he's ready now, but
0: maybe. I think I think that if he if he takes that last year of eligibility, I think he will be crucial for film development, and I think he'll be ready after the next year. I <laughs> think, yeah. He's been good for us at the very least. Yeah. Then uh, next up at linebacker is Mariano Sori Marin. Wonderful.
1: We need his. I can't imagine he doesn't come back.
0: Yeah.
2: There's like there's no world in my head where Sorry Marin isn't on the team.
1: Then a lead, and a good football player.
0: Then uh, in the defensive backfield, we have two guys: cornerback Terrell Smith and safety Jordan Howden.
1: Jordan learned from Antoine Winfield Jr. So I trust that he knows what he's doing at the safety position to help other safeties under him. T-time has really good potential, but I see him as he could be really, really good or a potential bust on defense.
0: Yeah. Then, uh, um... Special teams, uh, kicker Matthew Trickett.
2: I'm not even. If yeah. you ain't got nothing nice to say, don't say
1: nothing at all. <laughs> well, it's not about the players. It's about the coaching staff. I don't have an issue with some of our players. I just have an issue in how they're coached. That's all I'm going to say.
0: Oh, Larazza—he would go off on this unset coach.
1: <laughs> oh, you know that punter guy. You know, I don't think he's very good.
0: <laughs> yep, but yes, uh, but yes, it is senior day, uh, our last regular season home game, and these are essentially if I having to be count 10 one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 25 to 27 seniors roughly on this team leaving. A lot of these were on, actually surprisingly, PJ's first recruiting class back in uh, 2016 to 2017 when he got first hired um, to become the Gophers head coach and a few of these have been transfers for us in the last year or two. But yes, yeah, so that's a lot of seniors. Uh, if they do walk, or uh, you know, and leave, and leave the University of Minnesota, or plan to stay, that's a lot of seniors up in that upper class there. But uh, I, think, uh, I, I think I'll bet I think and say it for all of us here at the podcast: for you seniors leaving, uh, kudos to you uh, for all of you done for our school, university, and for the team. I'd be off the field with the turkey drives recently for Thanksgiving to being there at the Masonic Children's Hospital and being, you know, just great people and just giving us great memories uh, as us for us fans. So kudos to all you that are departing and yay for you those of you returning for another season 2022. All right. So uh, that wraps. I'd I say that's a wrap for our preview for Axe Week. All yes, right. Yes, sir. So, next up is a segment that Wyatt has personally asked uh, for us to discuss, uh, or to discuss the potential for the Gophers to make it to the Big Ten Championship. Let's get crazy! All right, take the lead. Right. So this
2: comes down to three games, three key games in this spot. First off is Friday's game, which is Nebraska and Iowa. And there's no Adrian Martinez. We are looking for a Nebraska win. It's not a great chance, but...
0: Wyatt, right now, with the loss of Adrian Martinez, Nebraska is still fair by minus one. I know, right?
2: (laughs) So you're saying there's a chance.
0: There's a chance.
2: Then game two is a... Purdue and Indiana. What we're looking for, oddly enough, is Purdue to handle their business. Because Purdue winning that ball game was just in the best spot. Purdue, the last I checked, had an 85% chance to take the game. So I'm saying there's a chance. And then, of course, thing three is we need to handle our own business. We got to beat Wisconsin. All of those lead to a four-way tie at the top of the Big Ten West. And who walks out with the tiebreaker? Minnesota. (laughs) So we are rooting for Nebraska. We are rooting for Purdue. And, of course, we're rooting for the Golden Goals.
0: Yep. Correct. So, wait. So, right now, you said right now it's a four-way tie, right? So, looking ahead.
2: um, Four-way tie if all of those happen.
0: Yes. So, right now, Wisconsin's case, if they do their business, right, and they beat us. If
2: Wisconsin handles their business, they're in.
0: Yeah. But, say, if Wisconsin loses but Iowa wins.
2: Iowa's probably going.
0: Yes. But if Iowa wins, but wait. Yeah, if Wisconsin-Iowa wins, they go on. But if both team loses, is that go first still? If
2: Wisconsin and Iowa lose and Minnesota wins, we need Purdue to win.
0: If Purdue loses.
2: If Purdue loses, it gets messy, and I think Wisconsin probably walks away with it. Because okay. they have the they have the right set of tiebreakers. But Purdue winning makes it a four way tie, which means that the tiebreakers fall for us.
0: Oh boy. <laughs> All right. And then
2: obviously, uh the Big Ten, comes down to the game.
0: Ohio State versus Michigan. Ohio State and Michigan. Actually, curious question. Who are you guys rooting for for that game? I'll
2: be rooting for Michigan. Because I am tired of Ohio State.
0: <laughs> I'm also rooting for Michigan. But then again, from what I've seen of the Jim Harbaugh era against the Ohio State, Please don't be the classic Jim Harbaugh team in the last like five years we've seen them play. Please.
2: <laughs> just, just Just to throw this in for some extra spice, if Michigan wins that game and all of the results in the West go the way that we need them to, we could have a Minnesota-Michigan conference
0: championship. Playing for the jug too?
2: I don't know how that works. Wait, actually, curious question. Curious, a championship with Jug. Curious
0: question: Would they allow us to play for a rivalry trophy and for a conference championship?
2: I don't know what Big Ten rules are on that.
0: Because I'd be curious about that. Like, I'm down, like a rivalry game and a championship to win. And if actually, now that I think about it, if Michigan wins. They go to the playoffs, right? Or no.
2: It depends. They're a, they're a one-loss team. Their loss is to a Michigan State team that has not looked great lately.
0: Didn't they lose um, to Purdue.
2: Yes, they lost to Purdue and they lost to all, they got absolutely steamrolled by Ohio State. Um so really, Michigan going to the cha- or the playoffs would be dependent on their ability to win the Big Ten championship. That's my personal opinion.
0: Okay, but if they win they
2: the Big Ten championship, they're in. Yeah, but you know, if they don't handle their business in the Big Ten championship, we could we could see an open spot.
0: True. But then, a curious question though because if we win the Big 10 champ, if, say hypothetically, we move, we beat Wisconsin, we do our business, everything favors us. Nebraska being Iowa on Friday in the coming in a couple days, Purdue wins on Saturday against Indiana, right?
2: If you're going to ask me if we're going to playoffs, the answer is
0: no. No, not playoffs. Doesn't the for the Rose Bowl is that Big 10 champion versus Pac-12 champions though?
2: You know, traditionally it has been Big 12 champ or Big 10
0: Champions. Because we are coming so in. Because in theory, yeah. we could still make the Rose Bowl. Because the I don't, know how, I don't know how people will react to this. Because I, I, I for sure think people are not going to be happy that an eight and four, or in this case nine and four Gophers team that lost a bowl in Green in Illinois is in the Rose Bowl. But then again, I don't know how that would shake out. Well,
2: they would also not be happy if a if a. Uh... 10 and 2 10 and 3 or uh, yeah no 11 and 2 Michigan team with losses to Michigan State and Minnesota it was yes. in the road True oh, That's There uh, are a lot of people who would be happier with an Ohio State team that has losses to Oregon and Michigan True in that game
0: oh, That's such a big rabbit hole we're climbing into <laughs>
2: There's a lot that needs to go right for us to even get
0: there. So, Fingers crossed, man. Fingers crossed. No, it's not everything, guys. Uh, next key de- uh, key piece here, um, if, if you're okay, we'll move on here. But an uh, uh, interesting hypothetical I'll for us you. to go to the Big Ten Championship. But an in- interesting coaching pr- name is coming up. Uh, former Golden Gophers head coach, um, Jerry Kill, Who's currently the interim at TCU? Uh, I think the head uh, head coach he is filling in for because Gary Patterson was let go by TCU. Um, and right now, apparently, as of yesterday, the twenty third, uh, New Mexico State football has Jerry Kill pegged to become their head coach. Uh, and what makes it more interesting. New Mexico State plays the Gophers at Huntington Bank Stadium on September first. Um, yeah, and uh, kudos to Ryan Burns from Twenty Four Seven Sports for mentioning this. Jerry Jerry Kill quoted in twenty seventeen, "I won't be stepping be- foot back in this stadium, and I won't be stepping back into this university," and in he has a potential quote of Jerry Kill in twenty twenty two. Let's go, Aggies! As he steps back into Minnesota's campus.
2: I. I don't know that I see him taking that. Cookie. I. I think it's beneath him.
1: I think for Jerry Kill, he's just kind of been a bitter old man, and he's just he's just said those things years ago. But now that you know, it's a different regime. This isn't the this is Mark Coyle's uh, athletic department. Mark Coyle's university. They didn't necessarily interact too much. We were still on the whole Norwood Teague scandal. Beth Getz uh, transition time. So I think maybe enough time has passed for Jerry to know that this isn't the same university that. Uh, he was working for several years ago that, you know, had him on a sour note. So,
0: And I will say this too, remember, a lot of the beef like that was on, you know, the media, Minnesota sports media, and it was around like the nation essentially, but the, the beef essentially of PJ and Jerry Kill, uh, pretty much I'd say stopped after PJ's uh, third season where he won again, in 2019, where he was, where we won 11 games Going to the Outback Bowl and beating an SEC team at Auburn, uh, who was coached by at that time, um, uh, get Gus Malzahn. And from there, you know, we haven't heard a peep from Jerry at all. Of course, 2020 passes. Now we're in 2021, almost at the end of the season. I think for the media, they're going to have a field day, obviously, because that's what the media does. But I think for PJ and Jerry, I think they're going to keep it civil. And you know he just go coach his team uh, as they always do is to pretty much almost entirely ignore the outside noise, which there will be noise uh, some of the noise to focus on their game plan on what they do best on offense, which is which obviously we run the hell out of the ball. Uh, if Tanner does come back, he's hoping to you know better himself and then of course a, ve- a, a veteran defense coming back as well um, <laughs> So I think it's going to be an interesting thing, but I don't know. Again, it's just a Twitter leak uh, that's reporting this right now. So I don't know if he's going to be hired or not. There's still a few games left in this uh, – or a couple more games left to coach uh, for the remainder of the season and potentially bowl games. So I'm not going to do no, do anything just yet until we know who New Mexico State hires. Um, but if it is Jerry Kill, you know what? You know We appreciate what you done for us from, I'd say, what was it? 12 or 13 till partway through 2015. But other than that, thank you for your time here. But right now, if you're going to be with the Aggies, you are our opponent uh, for week two, essentially, or week Uh,
2: one. He's the enemy.
0: So, yeah. Unless you guys have anything else to add on that. I think the media,
1: all I have is that the media is going to, you know, make it as big as they can to make it a big deal. But when it comes down to it, like you said, I think it's just going to be a civil coaching battle and they'll barely acknowledge each other post-game and then go their separate ways.
0: Yep. Yep, yep. But other than that, um, that's all I have on the agenda and plans today. Do you guys have anything else to touch up on? NFL? And anything else? We just
2: some time to acknowledge Cincinnati.
0: I'll keep rolling. <laughs> They're still undefeated, right? Those Peter, are my right? championship team. They're 11-0, right? 11-0. We
2: don't know what they could do. We know that Georgia's a good football team, but we don't know what Cincinnati can do in that in that situation.
0: Then here's my question. And I feel like this. I may have answered it myself in my head. Do you think the playoff committee is not going to let them into the four-team playoff? Assuming they win their 12th game, right? And then win their cha- conference championship?
2: It's going to be hard to leave them out. Cause I, I, it's going to be very difficult to leave them out. Because
0: I can see him putting we- them at five and just, snu- and just like, snub them from the playoffs
2: they're in the top four now
0: oh they are okay perfect
2: yeah they're listed at four right now
0: so if else, they
1: want something, you Bama Cincy they need to lose to drop a spot is pretty much what it comes down to or someone who's just
2: outside looking in needs to really impress the committee this week and it's, it's pretty much got to be Notre Dame. Jack Dame has to show that they're not the team that's lost to Cincy at the beginning of the season. So who does Notre Dame got to speak?
0: Let me take a look. Notre Dame has Sanford. Uh, at 7 p.m.
2: They play Stanford? Yep. Well, I mean, it's an opportunity to show what Oregon's not. That's for sure. Um,
0: Jack Cohn? Chuck it.
2: <laughs> there's an argument to be made that Oklahoma State rolling over Oklahoma this week could vault them into the discussion.
0: True. I forgot about that. The Big 12. But they will need to really impress the team.
2: And then again, there's also the potential that Alabama loses to Georgia in the SEC Championship and falls out.
0: Let's hope not. <laughs> Come on,
2: Georgia. You're open that Listen, if Georgia wins the SEC Championship, do you put a two-loss Bama team in?
0: I wouldn't. No.
2: Can you really take a two-loss Bama team over say a one-loss Notre Dame or a one-loss Oklahoma State?
0: If it if it were me, no. It was looking at just pure records. But we've seen this committee made a, a lot of egregious decisions in the last few years that I would not be surprised if they put Bama with two losses in the top four, which I would find so annoying again. And um, I don't know why I keep looking out for hope that they'll they won't do that. Probably the goodness in me, the good human nature Cincinnati in me, but I don't know. You said who Alabama plays for the last game? Who did Cincinnati play? Oh, Cincinnati. Is it Houston? Do they have to play Houston? Uh, East Carolina at two oh, thirty, uh, and they're playing on Friday night, or Friday afternoon. Yep.
2: So they just got to handle their business against against ECU. Since mm-hmm. he's, re- if, if he can handle their business, they are not by any means going to be out
0: of the conversation (laughs) yeah but all right anything else guys i think we
1: got it all covered boys for me oh yeah
0: all right so thank you for everyone listening and watching today's podcast episode 44 for opa podcast uh have a very very safe uh, and joyous uh, and thankful Thanksgiving uh, from me and the crew here at OPA Podcasts. Have a great holiday season coming up. Um, stay safe out there too uh, with the colder weather coming in from Minnesota. And it's pretty windy. And stay safe with COVID as well. There's skyrocketing numbers uh, as I've seen from recent reports. So please stay safe. Um, and we'll uh, keep an eye out uh, and root for our Golden Gophers this Saturday against the Wisconsin Badgers for Paul Bunyan's Axe. But other than that, we'll see you guys uh, post uh, Wisconsin for a review podcast and uh, look into also what's the bowl game coming up for our Golden Gophers since they're already bowl eligible past six games, and then we'll go from there. But other than that, thank you so much for listening, watching to the podcast tonight, and we'll see you guys next time. Again, I'm one of your hosts, Jason. O.
1: I'm Griffin Most.
0: I'm Wyatt Oakers, and we'll see y'all next time. And oh,
2: oh, oh.